hello and welcome back to Yamondra Speaks podcast with your host Shalonda. Hey there, how are you this week? Hopefully your week is playing out amazing. Hopefully you are having a really good week. I just talked to my therapist and so and and listen to this I have a birthday coming up so I'm in a space where I'm really just thinking right I am thinking about what choices I made if I made the right choices what's currently going on how I feel about it so I'm really in that space of understanding my life and my life's choices right now so my week is a little chaotic but then also rewarding because this is a time of reflection change growth and empowerment so if you like the podcast this podcast is about foster care and our experiences in foster care the good the bad and the ugly of foster care and how we start conversations we're starting the conversation to really understand what foster youth like myself who have aged out as well as foster youth who are currently in custody what our needs are and how we can change how we can change where we see ourselves going in the future within our community really making the process for transitioning from foster care into adulthood more seamless for the youth, for us to understand how to combat trauma. So a lot of what I discuss is understanding my own trauma and then uplifting, uprooting, and changing myself in order to provide a better life for my own children and then also looking into changing some of the things that's going on in the foster care community so if that interests you continue to like this podcast listen to this podcast as well as sharing us on any social media platform that you possibly can foster care like entering foster care experience and why I really believe that it's important to really give like some type of information um, to foster the relationship between the foster parent and the foster child because knowing nothing and being thrown into a new situation, a new environment, and having absolutely no information can be scary. So my experience is that I was 10 years old and I had my two brothers with me. But prior to this, we sat in a room, um, I would say close to 12 hours. Like it was, it was intense. We stayed in this room all day long and there was a monitor you know watching us but really wasn't watching us so there was a baby crying and there were me and my siblings my sister um, and my two brothers my eldest brother was not with us at that time and I remember having to sit in his room all day long 
Um, I don't remember all the details of if we ate or, you know, all of the details, right? What I do remember is by the time we were able to go at something at night where it was just dark outside, we drove my sister to her, I want to say like a group home setup where there were other girls in the house. Um, and so she had to be there by herself, walking into a situation pregnant at the time, pretty young. She was a fresh teenager, uh, about 14 years old. And that's a pretty difficult situation to be in, being pregnant and left alone in Akron. So she wasn't even in Cleveland. Um, I found that really hard for her. I can only imagine. But my experience is after we dropped her off and they gave like this short explanation of like where she would sleep, where the baby crib would be and, you know, the entire layout of how she would be living further from this point. Um, then we got back on the road and started to drive to where me and my two siblings, my two brothers would be. And we drove out to Maple Heights. And I had never really been in like the outskirts of the suburbs. So it was a vastly different um, setup. So I seen houses that, you know, were identical and basketball hoops inside of the driveway. And it was just different, right? And so now I was thinking, okay, where are we going? And not knowing anything at all but I'm conscious enough and I'm aware of my environment and my surroundings so I'm really putting these two pieces together and um of course I'm my my fright or anxiety is a little lessened because I do have my brothers with me but I'm still a little bit nervous being 10 years old and not knowing where we're going right and so when we finally get to the house there was a young boy that teenage boy that answered the phone I mean answered the door and um he approached the door he let us in he um, announced who he was he was just a person that stayed there as well and later found out that he was adopted by the person that I was now being fostered or guardianed guardian <laughs> now being taken uh, taken care of by so my grandmother right my foster grandmother not my biological one so we sit in the kitchen we're talking um pretty much they're talking um and then my grandmother and my cousin walk through the door um and you know the caseworker who dropped us off of course was was um, talking to my grandmother, explaining everything. Um, they exchanged, you know, of course, the information they needed to ex- exchange. All of this is going on. And I'm a little bit still nervous. I go get to see where I would be sleeping with in a bedroom with my cousin. Um, and then she's asking me a ton of questions at that time. I'm really reserved. That's always been my personality to be reserved. So I'm really not answering or giving her full details or full sentences. It's literally just like one worded answers. Um, Not really talking too much, but I can assure you that that is a scary 
process. And then after uh, that initial thing, we got to wash up, of course, and it was great because we literally sat in a room for uh, the whole day and so we got to wash up and I remember that my grandmother just threw away all of the clothes that we had and I do want to mention this because before I move on I know some people throw away their uh, foster kids clothes because it, it may not be the best clothes right however going into this transition where that's all they have from you know their parents it can be a little bit hurting especially I read a story that this little girl had a torn up beat up shirt and she loved this shirt because it provided her with comfort and it it that's the thing it's it's a comforting idea and so she wanted to keep her shirt and she made a big fuss about it because she was a little bit younger and so this shirt meant more to her and she didn't know how to vocalize it we did not get a say so for her throwing away our clothes she just did it and I felt first that that is a level of like sort of disrespect because I'm already thrown into a situation where before coming to this house, I didn't know who you were. Didn't know a name, didn't know a face, face identifier, didn't know absolutely anything about you nor the people who stayed here. And so I'm already fearful because I'm 10 years old and not knowing anything. And now the level of comfort that I have is lessened. But the fact that you don't talk to us and you just immediately throw away our clothes instead of just washing them or, you know, giving us that option to do it for ourselves was really, as I say now, heartbreaking because I'm a very sentimental person. So I put value into like items sometimes um, and I can get later into more details about her throwing away more of my things that people have gave to me family members and how I felt about it but that initial setup of coming into the home was not welcoming for me um and I can only imagine for if the situation was different for me if my siblings were not with me I'm a very closed off person and more reserved. So if they had not been with me, it could have gone vastly different. Um, I probably would have been more standoffish a lot longer than what I was because they provided me with more comfort. Had they not been there, my level of comfortability would have lessened. So I would have definitely been more standoffish and more reserved and not talkative whatsoever because that's just how I was. But I want to address foster parents who, yes, the clothes that they a child may come in are not the best. Maybe that is the case. But how do they feel connected to these clothes is the question. Because this is a very traumatic situation where they're entering foster care and now 
the only thing that they have that connects them back to their past is this this clothing that they wore the last day that they were with their parents right that that says something you know that means something and even if they cannot vocalize it they still have an attachment to these clothing at that given time and I think to rip away these clothes um it really does a disservice to the child because now they don't have the opportunity to process anything right they don't have the opportunity to gradually disconnect from these clothing items and really process their emotion behind the significant value that they have placed onto these clothes right but we as adults that's supposed to guardian and provide guardianship for these new kids youth sometimes teenagers we have to understand what mindset they're coming from because the moment that they're taken away moment that we are taken away that's where the trauma starts that's where we're we're trying to attach um comfort and grab comfort and for me the comfort lied in my siblings but then also in like some of the pieces clothing uh gifts uh, that I received from my family those things provided me with a ton of comfort that allowed me to just sit and think about my emotion because as I continued to look at the things that I had I started to really put into perspective what was going on in my life and how I was impacted by what just happened and what will happen in the future. So, ah, let us take a small break and so we can discuss how, really how we can provide the most comfort and it's from the foster parent as well as the case worker so that the youth feel comfortable with entering a home safely and then we're going to talk about why that's important stay tuned this podcast is sponsored by Yamojis Media a social media management and marketing company for those who want to have digital marketing strategies in place in order to be connecting with their ideal customers online. If you are wondering how you can get all of your products or your service in front of your ideal customers, Yamojis Media is the company for you. If you're struggling with consistent posting of your content or content ideas, this company is right for you. 
and they help you strategically map out how to move your content in front of your ideal customers as well as building strategies to ensure that your content is of value and that your ideal customers are actually seeing it. Behind the scenes, your Mojis Media help you to build your brand online. They deal with a lot of editing of videos as well as photos. So if you are interested in leveling up your social media strategies as well as your brand online, look into the description box and click on the link to book your consultation with your Mojis Media today. Let's get back. So the importance of telling or fostering a relationship between the foster parents and the foster child is so that the, the child, the youth, uh, whether they are a small child or a teenager, can feel comfortable going into a home or at least knowing more information. I know from the process of what my grandmother had, she had a foul on us, or at least she got information um, so why is it that the foster parents get a ton of information? They get our file as to what trauma or abuse we have experienced. So they get information about us in our case, our parents' actions and behaviors, um, and sort of a following of if we moved around, how many homes have we been in, what was the cause of the disruption, you know, things like that. They have that information, but for the foster youth, we don't get past anything so it's more traumatic for us um, going through different traumas in our lives and then to not have any information to go off of and to be thrown into different houses especially when you are moved around a lot in foster care and not to have information going into this new situation whatsoever so you're completely blind as to lifting and getting all your things and then move into another person's house without knowing anything not even a name for this person and so let's put this into perspective right um being 10 years old and this is my story so being 10 years old not having a connection at all to the person that would now be considered my guardian um unfortunately well Let's put like this. Fortunately, I did not have um, an abused story. So, uh, growing up, I was not abused. Um, it could have happened. However, it was prevented. But for those who, at that age, might have experienced abuse or violating, you know, some form of who they are, right? Some violation. If they experience that abuse or violation they are now not giving any information as to who lives in this house or who will be there and their anxiety heightens because they already have a distrusting nature because the abuse that they have experienced which adds to the trauma and how they will react to certain people and so I think it will lessen how they feel if they were giving some information about where they were going and who they would be with 
prior to it even happening, prior to them even being dropped off in this house. And I think that's where we need to head to within this community of at least giving the foster child youth information. Um, Especially if they have experienced any trauma, any abuse, If they've experienced that, I think that it's even more important, more vital to give them some information and indicator and more control. Because if I was violated by a man and there's a man inside the household, I might be able to explain that I am fearful and distrusting of him. And it may not you know, because I have no idea who he is, right? The child don't know who he is. But at least she or he can convey that they have a distrust or fear for going inside this new house because there is a person present that they feel uncomfortable to be around. And I think that should be taken into consideration when placing foster kids into different homes because if they have a fear of anything because of what they experienced prior to entering this new foster home it's going to really show up in how they behave how they interact and that is a lot of the root cause for disruptions because we're not taking into account what we feel how we think what our life is going to be like because other people are making decisions for us and being an advocate for myself for a number of years I have stated things that I did not want I have been very vocal about things that I thought and I knew I didn't want in my life or I didn't want to do and I think giving me access to my voice um, really helped structure when I aged out of foster care to really make decisions for myself because I was already making decisions for myself while in foster care and being able to have more responsibility while in foster care and really having people listen to me because I forced in a lot of situations, I forced the conversation or I manipulated it in such a way that people made were made to converse with me, to talk about heavy topics with me. So, (laughs) I do believe at certain ages, there is a way to involve the foster child into the conversation. But I think starting out, what we need to do is at least giving them, you know, information, vital, crucial information, so that they don't feel blindsided going into a foster home and not knowing anything. So I think that's something simple that we can do immediately. I don't know. I've been out of foster care for a while, so I'm not sure how that interaction between where you would stay now, but I know for me it was not it was not conveyed. And luckily I did stay in one household. My entire foster care experience, I was in one household. But for those who go through multiple households, Um, multiple placements and not be told where they're going to stay or even have an 
a meeting with the new foster parent. One meeting with the foster parent would be nice, right? A meeting or interaction to be able to talk to this new foster parent can be set up. You know, it's easily um, doable to, to just set it up where I can at least meet them as a foster child. I can talk to them. I can get a vibe from them or not. I think that foster youth, while there are homes where, you know, in, in situations where you can't do this, where it's an immediate uplifting and emergency placement, you can't always do this. But for the cases where you kind of take, let's say for my example, the entire day to get us placed in a foster home, once they knew that information, I think that it should have been conveyed to us. Name, address, where we would stay, location, you know, just small information, small details would have even relaxed us more to feeling more comfortable with the situation that we were in. So even just that. And I um, I did talk about the importance of why why it was important because it you know lets us feel easy about knowing where we're headed to where we're going some information about the people and then the relationship fostering a relationship of a meetup is even better because now that gives us uh details as to their personality and we feel a little bit more easier we can say yeah, I can probably get along with them or no, we it won't work. But even if we have to stay and we don't really like them or their personality that first meeting, we can at least still know what situation we're getting ourselves into and know a little bit about them. Because if they can get information about us, why not give us information about them? discuss if you ever been in foster care or know someone that's been in foster care or have fostered a child and really understand the process of um let's say if you're a foster parent the process of what you have to go through getting a foster child the files that they give you the information that they give you and when they give it to you how they pass that information about the youth to you Um, and if you are a foster child what was the process for you entering foster care and what information was given to you and um, how did you feel during that process how old were you because the trauma that you have experienced prior to entering foster care and now being you know taken away from your parents um really does have an emotional tie into who we are so it tugs onto our personality and our behaviors and so it impacts us right how were you impacted by not knowing or what information you weren't weren't given and then foster not foster caseworkers what are your um procedures in delivering information to the foster parent, the foster child, talking to them, um, 
what's the process and the conversation that is supposed to be had when transitioning them from one placement to the next or from being taken away from their parents to now entering into a new foster home? Is there a standard for you know, fostering that relationship, a standard for uh, that transition? And what is it? So I would love to know this information as well as if you want to be on the podcast and discuss this information with me, we should set up something where we do another podcast to discuss these details. And if you want to, you can send me an email. The link should be in a bio as well as following me on different social media platforms, which is also in the bio. And I really can't wait to extend this conversation to really understand the process but then also understanding what we can do to better this process that we have. So join the conversation and talk to you next week.